Hi, my name is Esther, and today we'll be talking about hypnosis, a powerful tool or a convenient excuse. Keep listening to find out what the hell happened. Hi, welcome to What the Hell Happened. I'm here today with the industrious Mr. Lockwood. I think you deserve to be the industrious one today. I do? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because of this wonderful new studio oh, you built. Thank you. It wasn't nothing. It's quite an upgrade. It weren't a thing. Hopefully the sound is a little better here, too. I hope so, too. Some equipment yes. upgrades and some scenery changes. A little bit of scenery change, mm-hmm. yes. More room, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, so if you have been listening to any of these previous uh, episodes that we put out, thank you for bearing with us while we upgrade. While we learn how to do this. Right, and try to make it a little bit better for you. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully starting now, it'll sound a little bit better. Would you like to hear a story? I was told this wasn't actually a story. It was. Is it a story? Uh, There's a story in it. A discussion. It's a discussion with a story in it that we will then discuss. Yes, I'm here for the the panel discussion we will be having tonight. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad you came. You're the only one that showed up. Oh. So you just get to listen by default. It's going to be a monologue. Yeah. You want to do a monologue? No. I could just walk out. I don't know what I would do. (laughs) Probably walk out, too. (laughs) Listen to me snore. That actually is some kind of podcast. I know there is. Well, there's. I could mumble unintelligibly until I fall asleep. Until everyone falls asleep. I I actually love that. I do listen to a guy that mumbles to put me to sleep. He sounds just like Rick from Rick and Morty. He does. That's why I like it. It's like Rick is telling me bedtime Mm -hmm. stories that make no sense. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite thing ever. Would you like to hear this story? Yeah. Okay. This kind of story? A kind of a story, yeah. A kind of a story. So today we're going to be talking about hypnosis, a powerful tool, or a convenient excuse. Hypnosis! All I can think of when you do that is hypnotoad. I know, me too. (laughs) And the world of tomorrow. This is an episode of (laughs) Hypnotoad. Brought to you by Slurm. (laughs) Uh, Today we're going to dive into the idea that it is possible to be hypnotized into committing a crime. We have all heard of hypnosis for one reason or another. Whether it's to help quit a bad habit or to try to remember something from the past, we all have a basic idea of what hypnosis is. But just in case you've never looked up the definition of hypnosis, here it is according to Wikipedia. Hypnosis is a human condition involving focused attention, reduced peripheral awareness, and an enhanced capacity to respond to suggestion. But can we be persuaded to harm others or commit crimes under the influence of hypnosis? Or are those who do simply looking for a way to shift the blame for their crimes? Is the mere act of being hypnotized deadly? Do you believe in hypnotism? I do somewhat. I think the common version of it is not what I believe in. It's like heavy persuasion. I think you have to kind of be willing to go along with it for it to work. I think so, too. I don't think it's like a full-on... It doesn't work against your will. 
from what I understand about it. It just you can't right. make someone do something they wouldn't normally do. And that's the question you're asking. Can we're, you? We're gonna pick today's story apart yeah. because there's a lot of that in there. A lot of trying to figure out whether or not this person would have normally done these things under these circumstances. So this ought to be a fun one for you to yeah. rip into shreds. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I would call this it's an ongoing field of research even now. Yeah. It seems like really, really basic study of it hasn't been going on that long, even though I know it's a phenomenon. It's been around for a few hundred years now, it seems like. Yeah. So really, it's still not well understood. Well, I do have a little short history on hypnotism, if you're interested in hearing it. I am. I love history. All right. We're going to talk about a guy named Franz Mesmer, who was born in 1734 and was a German physician. He was considered one of the first recorded modern hypnotists, and he theorized that there is energy in all animated and inanimate objects, and that they could transfer energy from one to the other. And he called this idea animal magnetism. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. I, I find myself frequently attracted to large rocks. It's the animal magnetism <laughs> in them that really draws me in. Oh, I know. I've seen it happen. <laughs> I like it when they hit me in the head. <laughs> I've seen that happen too. <laughs> it's like um, Ludo. Yeah, Ludo. Yeah. Ludo's got big from, time animal magnetism. From the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He lets out that yowl and mm-hmm. all the rocks come rolling. That'd be a, a kind of a cool power to have. Yeah, he has like a superpower. It's called plot advancement. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> I, I like it better if you were like, what's your superpower? And then you got to say, my superpower is animal magnetism. Yeah. yeah. See, my superpower is moving the plot along. <laughs> that is because your superpower. it has to move along, not because there's an actual logical reason why it advance. Just like, yeah, we needed it to go to the next thing. I feel like you do that in real life, though. Too. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, "What are you doing?" And you're like, "Moving the story along." Moving the story forward. Can we just get through the day? Hurry it up. <laughs> Later, uh, ref- it was referred to as mesmerism, which is where the word mesmerized derives from. Is Mesmer's name. Yes. I, I wonder if that was a derogatory term. Like if you told somebody they were mesmerizing, it'd be like I, I mean, a we've heard that in a positive term, I guess. See, right? I, I like, like think... a beautiful woman is mesmerizing right. or whatever. That's what I think of when I hear the word mesmerizing. Why do you think it's negative? I do. Sometimes I feel that. Really? Yeah, well, yeah. Describing someone as mesmerized, it means they've been, you know, brainwashed to do some foolish thing. Horn swoggled. Yeah, horn swoggled. <laughs> Do you think there was J.R. Horn Swoggle? That was some kind of con man. That's where Horn Swoggle came from. Just like mesmerize. Yeah. I think his last name was Horn Swoggle. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That would be an awesome last name. <laughs> I'm sure there's a football player out there with that on <laughs> the back of his jersey. I suppose. Yeah. Fairly certain all those names are made up, by the way. So Mesmer used magnetism as part of his treatments for... Animal magnetism. No, magnetism. Real magnetism? Yes, real magnetism. Magnets? Mag- magnets, your Horseshoe favorite thing. Horseshoe magnets? I did not say what shape they were. That's kind of... 
Well, he used magnetism as part of his treatments for ill patients and eventually moved to Paris where he wrote an 88-page book on animal magnetism that outlined his theory. So this is the guy who invented the goddamn copper magnet ankle knee braces that heal you. Ankle knee healing braces? You know, the as seen on TV bullshit where they put magnets oh, yeah. in, What's that in stuff? fucking What's it spandex. Called? It's got a name. Tommy Copper. I think it's called Tommy Copper. I Copper Tone. Oh, no. That's... No, that's sunscreen. Oh, sunscreen. <laughs> I mean, maybe do, they put does little, it have copper in maybe it? Maybe they put little magnets in it. <gasps> maybe they little do. Little tiny microscopic magnets. No. So he did not. He did not invent copper. I'd say he tone. did if he's treating people with magnets. What I'm saying yeah, is that I mean... idea, that shows you how old and dumb this idea is. <laughs> okay. Magnets. Magnets. Put some magnets on your uh, torn meniscus in your knee, and yeah. magically it feels better. Oh, I, well, you know, I'm a lot. I feel a lot better now. I got they, magnets. Don't they make bracelets that have magnets in them for circulation? Yeah. Is that because of the iron in your blood? No, it's because it's fake. Oh, I'm snake oil. Stunned. Snake magnets. <laughs> snake magnets. They're mesmerizing you. Yeah, I feel to pretty, give them twenty bucks. I feel for pretty nothing. Mesmerized about magnets for sure. <laughs> Oh, magnets are super cool. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, you love magnets. I think in every episode we've had, I you've brought up a magnet. Yeah. But I don't use it to heal my body. You don't? No. Have you tried? No. Well, but I've been don't... around enough electromagnetic fields. If they worked, I would be real healed up. I'm fine. It's because I spend all my time around electromagnetic fields. It worked. Yeah, it works. Yeah. You should write an 88 page book on it. <laughs> 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 It'll only take you an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Hypnotism is such a apparently large field and especially in popular culture. And this guy just wrote and it was only 88 pages about this amazing power. Yeah. So Mesmer eventually began treating his patients either by themselves or in groups. When he treated a single individual, he would sit on the floor with the person facing him with knees touching. He would have the person press their thumbs into his hands and then would, and then staring into their eyes, he would start moving his hands over their shoulders and down their arms repeatedly. He would press his hand on their diaphragm area and hold it there sometimes for hours. His patients reported feeling strange sensations and some even had convulsions that Mesmer would say were supposed to lead to the cure for their ailments. Okay. We do know that hypnosis, think it exists, a phenomenon of hypnosis. I think most people give it a lot more leeway than it really has. This is kind of the mix between snake oil and the phenomenon, you know, like the convulsions. Uh, yeah. Like how many hypnosis people have you seen on television or read about or seen on YouTube? Where they just go into convulsions whenever they get hypnotized. I have never seen someone go into convulsions. Yeah. And so, let me tell you, I watched some videos. Yeah. I did. What was the coolest video you watched? Um, well, actually, something really, really weird happened to me <laughs> when I was researching to write this story. And I was, <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Like, I'm still a little bit weirded out about it. I was looking up videos because I wanted to see people being hypnotized on stage, and I thought this is not going to, you know, 
I'm just going to watch this and we'll see what happens. So I'm watching and I watch this one guy and he kind of isn't really putting people to sleep. It's just a a train wreck, really. Um, I would say it was... Like it was a nightmare performance. Like one he will never forget. It was. Like the worst night of his show life He was like slapping people and snapping (laughs) in front of him and and yelling sleep. And people were just like opening their eyes and looking around and laughing. So I would say it was terrible. But this other one I watched was a lot more interesting. This guy had a really melodic tone about his voice. And so I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him talk and I'm just watching the people on stage and he's having them focus on a light up above the audience. And the next thing I know, he's saying like sleep, but all of a sudden I felt really um, dizzy mm-hmm. and I I felt like I was being pulled forward, like I was going to double over but I kind of like caught myself and was like, no, no. And I paused it and I didn't continue watching it because I was a little bit scared that I would just be sitting there when you got home in a vegetative state and with God only knows what in my brain. Well, I hate to tell you, but so, you actually didn't hit pause. I didn't. No, I came home. When I got home, I found you there. <laughs> you did. Watching the video. Before we know it, and it's 8 a.m. the next day. Shut and we're just sitting there <laughs> like so what, what happened you are so full of oh my shit. gosh how gullible we, do you we think got I hypnotized am? together you think i'm really gullible don't you i mean it happened no it didn't <laughs> but i did feel really weird after i watched that video so for anyone listening watch hypnosis videos with caution watch hypno toad yeah don't don't look directly into his eyes <laughs> So anyway, yeah, that was a weird experience I had just watching a video, which I did read. I forget. I feel like it was in the 50s or 60s that a television station, I I can't remember where, they were thinking about putting a hypnotist on their show. So they kind of did like a trial run where they recorded the hypnotist hypnotizing someone, putting them to sleep, and then they played it back for the staff at the TV station. They watched it and half of them ended up falling asleep, like being knocked out by this. So they tried it again on a different group of people and the same thing happened. So they decided not to air it on local tv Uh, so i'm wondering if it's possible to hypnotize someone through a television i would think it is i mean did they make like vhs tapes of like a story like that it reminds me of like the kind of story you would tell that's not true just to make it so that you would watch it i think you know what i think this show is so good that if you watch it you'll fall asleep yeah (laughs) you know what i think (laughs) I think you'd be really good at selling snake oil. (laughs) (laughs) Takes one to know one. Mm -hmm. A snake oil salesman, that is. Mm -hmm. I sell hope and dreams. You do not. I do, too. You crush and destroy dreams. I do both. Yeah. I actually sell fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) When you buy my product, you'll Mm -hmm. be way better than you were before. Are you selling that product on OnlyFans? Nope. (laughs) Uh-huh. But okay. we could go there too. Nope. I'm just gonna check into that later. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Mesmer eventually began to have too many patients and he started conducting group sessions. In the middle of the room there was a large tub like object that was roughly a foot and a half high filled with water. 
It was so large that 20 people could sit around it. It had a lid, and near the top edge of the tub, there was a hole for each participant. Each hole had a rod bent into a right angle sticking out of it at all different heights. The heights were in correspondence to the person's ailment. He would basically move around the room, putting each person in a trance-like state with motions of his hands or eyes, never touching the person. So I... What are those rods pointing at? So I have a picture, and I'll post it when we post this episode that I am showing Mr. Lockwood, of this table with people around it and rods sticking out of it, and it's it's a pretty wacky looking deal. Um, very... It's a very Victorian-looking mechanism thing. Well, it's like when I think of hypnosis, modern hypnosis is pretty much purely for mental problems or mental ailments. Yeah, yeah. This thing seems to be treating like physical ailments. This thing is pointed at this guy's goiter (laughs) in his throat, you know? I know the one guy in the picture is like bent over backwards. Yeah. I'm not sure what he's pointing it's like his when rod you describe at. this, <laughs> you got these rods of various heights. It's like, oh, that guy's got a he's got a really bad arthritic thumb joint, so he's <laughs> yeah. got it pointed at his thumb, and right. then this other guy's got it on his hand, and right. And okay, I, so we're fixing people's physical ailments, right? And yeah. I think the idea with hypnosis, of, I think the idea of this contraption is that the water is moving energy. Yeah, it's from like one a conductor. Person. Yeah, to another, which is interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe in the transfer of energy, but I'm not sure what this... I totally believe in the transfer of energy. Newtonian mechanics. Okay. Does it have anything to do with this bathtub with rods sticking out of it? Yeah. The laws of motion and energy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everything that moves and exists subject to these Maxwell's equation... You know you have to talk to me like I'm five, right? Oh. Uh, it's just <laughs> physics. It just describes anything that's happening in the world, including that contraption. Yes. It definitely uses matter and energy transfer, but just yes. not in the way that the magical woo-woo thinking of right. these people. So what do you think they use this thing for when they weren't curing? goiters i think we know what was going on i think they heated it It, up and they had like a big old hot tub party uh, this is now is this this is a german doctor right yes but you said he went to paris he went to paris yes there is only one thing that could be occurring on this table the healing orgies (laughs) i was gonna say hot tub orgies (laughs) that could be a thing that's happening here i don't you you decide for yourself when you see the pictures if you want to weigh in let us know not everyone can be hypnotized right only certain people i think so too And i would actually argue the situation matters a lot yes you know if you're kind of the pleasing type of person and you got a big audience and you're about to be part of a show, hypnotizing is going to work on you a lot better. Because to, of your need to perform. Because of your need to perform and, and you know, get approval from this large yeah. crowd versus being in an office with hypnotists and they're like trying to get you to never eat M&Ms again. Why would they do that? I mean, if hypnosis worked, you'd be able to stop people from eating M&Ms. I don't. No one, I know it doesn't work on me. No one wants that. No one wants to quit eating M&M's. You I was quit? using that as an example. You want to quit eating M&M's? Or something else that people really like doing that they would never stop doing. 
no matter how much hypnosis they were subjected to. <laughs> like, would, for me, it would be a chocolate of any kind. Right. You're not stopping me from eating chocolate. No. If it's within 10 feet of you, it yeah, just it somehow makes gone. it into your mouth. Yeah, I'm eating yeah. it. So I... you think it's situational? I think it's persuasion. Well, yeah, it's but it's, it's... situational persuasion. Oh, yeah. It just depends I mean, on your circumstance yeah. at the time or your, you know, your mental state at the time. Yeah, it's you know? not magic. It's psychology, especially when you need to sell really, really rich people with way too much time and, you know, problems, physical problems that they need solved that can't be solved in any other way. Yeah. This is what happens. Yeah, this guy was This is the kind of thing that, you ha- money. that happens. You don't have anything better to do with your money. You can throw that over here in my hot tub. Sometimes. I mean, that's that's a story as old as time. Yeah. Still going on today. That's what was happening after the Put customers. Put your magnet bracelets on people. the customers left, he cracked open that hot tub and it was just full of their money. Probably. Yeah. And then he just rolled around. Yeah. That's what the convulsions money. were for is to shake the silver pieces out of their <laughs> pockets. <It> probably was. <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen the little dance you just did. <laughs> it was great. It was the silver coin dance. <laughs> so King Louis the Sixteenth ended up sending uh, nine of his men to investigate Mesmer's practices. They set out to determine whether Mesmer had discovered something new, but ultimately concluded that his practice was nothing more than quote, imagination. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately for Mesmer, (laughs) it was determined that mesmerism only appeared to work on the patient if the patient was aware of it and thusly considered a placebo. And this is Louis' scientists figured this out? Yeah, this this was their conclusion? This is what they concluded. That's a very modern sounding conclusion, isn't it? They were a little more sophisticated than people give them credit for yeah. back then. Yeah, they were. They weren't messing around. They're like, "You're wasting our time." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what happened? And where did you get all these silver pieces? <laughs> and then what happened? Did you pay taxes on these Esther. silver pieces? Yeah, right. <laughs> because the king needs to know about this. The king definitely wants his tax money. Yeah. What happened then was actually. Um, they actually exiled Mesmer, and he moved to Switzerland after that, where he continued to practice what is modernly known as hypnotism. Mm-hmm. So that is our little short history. So the fr- even the French threw him out. Yeah. Like, this is really stupid. Quit doing accents. <laughs> You're offending everyone. <laughs> Now, what's interesting is I I believe as you say he got kicked off to Switzerland. He he got exiled from yeah. Paris, but then he just decided he, he, he wanted to go to Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah. I think that might be like where homeopathy came from, and a lot of homeopathic productions still come from. That's possible. That area. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. So this guy is kind of like a scourge on modernity. He just went where he'd be accepted is what happened. Hypnotism and magnets. Yeah. They were like, come on over. And homeopathy. We don't have any of that. We'll take it. We'll mix it in with our herbs. All the fake stuff you want. We can put magnets in our tea. (laughs) Snake oil magnet tea. (laughs) So now I want to talk about 
can someone be compelled to murder by hypnosis or compelled to do a crime? Here are a couple known cases where hypnosis was actually the defense in a crime. So the first one I have is the murder of Tom Patton. On December 29, 1894, Anderson Gray supposedly hypnotized a man named Mr. McDonald. And while under the influence of hypnosis, Mr. McDonald shot and killed a man named Tom Patton. Mr. McDonald accused Gray of hypnotizing him while working as a farmhand on his farm, and later Gray compelled him to commit murder. A jury ultimately ended up acquitting Mr. McDonald, and instead, Anderson Gray was sentenced to death for the first-degree murder of Thomas Patton. Wow. How is that different than murder for hire? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the other guy got off just by saying, oh, he hypnotized me. I guess that's how it's different. Right. He got hired to kill this guy and didn't get in trouble for it. Right. But I mean, if if you're hired to kill someone and you actually do it, you are going to jail. Normally, you usually get in trouble, yeah. Or prison. Mm -hmm. Right. I would say that in 1894... I think you would normally still get in trouble. Well, yeah, but I think in 1894, maybe they were more readily more accepting of a plea of hypnosis because it was so such a new thing it wasn't new it's 100 years old at that point yeah but this is you know what this is probably the first time anybody said hypnosis made me do it now that possible my guess is the details in this case matter a lot as to what really happened there weren't that many details that's why it's so short yeah (laughs) Um, so the next one I want to talk about is possibly one of the most famous cases of someone claiming that they were hypnotized into committing murder, and that is of Sirhan Sirhan, mm-hmm. the man who assassinated Bobby Kennedy. He's like probably the only one that I would really give a good chance that that's the case. He, yeah, because I there is a lot of government because this was all going on during all of involved. the. LSD studies and the remote viewing and all these like, you know, heavy duty, you know, hypnotism, brainwashing, all this stuff was big. If you were going to try to claim that you were hypnotized into doing something, this would be the era in which to say that. Yeah. And, you know, the brother of the president, who was also, you know. He was a senator? Yeah. Governor? I don't know. He was getting pretty lippy about the establishment like his brother did. I mean. Yeah, I, I think that is an interesting conspiracy yeah. that we're not going into That's, today. No. You could never get to the bottom of that one. No. So uh, Sirhan claims that he was hypnotized by a woman in a polka dot dress. According to him, this woman took him to a hotel closet, squeezed his shoulder, programming that action as the signal for him to start shooting. There were other witnesses that had verified his claim. He was sentenced to prison and has since been up for parole numerous times. In 2011, at his parole hearing, he restates that he believes he was hypnotized and claims to remember nothing of the actual event that took place 43 years prior. Yeah, his story hasn't changed. That's what his story was at the very beginning. Yeah. I think here recently he's, he's, he's getting out. Really? I think so. No. If I recall, yeah. Well, it's so funny. I think maybe his parole got approved or something. I mean, he was pretty young when that happened. Yeah, he was like 20. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we have a photo of him up, and he was he was pretty much a baby. I don't think he was like a radical or anything. He it didn't was just seem some like it. Dude. I watched a documentary yeah. on this whole thing. It was years ago now, so I can't remember. Uh, you know, a ton of fine details, but I, I don't think he was. It didn't seem, by all accounts, that he was. Well, he did know, shoot involved the guy, in anything. So right, you never know. His his claim of hypnosis did not work out for him. Maybe the most plausible of all these, his claim. It's the most plausible. I would say so far, yeah. Only because you know that CIA was involved. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. (laughs) Another famous individual that has been said by many of his followers to possess the power of hypnosis and to make his followers kill is Charles Manson. He was often described as a master hypnotist. Mm -hmm. I would agree he was. I would say if you've ever looked directly into those eyes in that picture i i don't know what's going on with that man but he definitely talked a lot of people into doing his bidding and never lifted a finger well he was extremely persuasive person right i think very charismatic i was gonna say i think the word that i often hear in association with charles manson is charisma this man is psychotic oh yeah like for sure but when you're watching you're like yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I mm. could see how mm-hmm. someone would follow this guy. Mm-hmm. And then he says some horrendous shit, and you're like, oh, what? 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 Huh? Uh, like me at the computer screen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but, then you're like, this guy's got a swastika on his head. Right. And you're like, how did I not man, even notice kinda, that? He seems, seems like he makes some sense. <laughs> and you're, you're like, yeah, that's what charisma will get you. Imagine right. if he was... You know, actually not being completely psychotic. How? Right. What kind of effect he could have on people? You know. Well, I mean, he... and I, I have a feeling he was a little less crazy in the day. But who knows? Maybe he was just the same s- way. I would say it seems that after they got caught and arrested, I've always had the feeling that he was nuttier after he got arrested. Yeah. I I don't know that he initially started I mean, out that insane. He was definitely a piece of crap all the time. Well, yes, but I yeah. think that once he got caught and the TV was on him, yeah. that he, he really turned he it really on. He really hammed up yeah. the crazy. So, that's I don't know. That's just how I feel about Charlie Manson. Yeah, Hansen. <laughs> yeah he, he's not a good guy, but no. very very charismatic. Yep. He also wrote some songs and has yeah, a few did. albums. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever listened to any of those? I don't think so. So Alice and I were doing a little bit of research for the Halloween party, and we um, we located on YouTube, I actually believe um, you can look up some of his songs, mm-hmm. and they are a little bit weird, <laughs> to say the least. It's very, very weird to hear him play the guitar and sing, so... Um, so today's story, the, <laughs> our main story today, uh, centers around a 17-year-old German girl. We're going to call her Mrs. E. That's how she's referred to in all of the reading that I did. There is no real name for her. It's just Miss E. Imagine being in a story in our, you know, advanced internet in the future, and you are only known as Miss E. That would suck. Please it depends what happened. Right. Might be a good thing. Well, 
this might be why, once you hear the story, this might be why that she's only known as Missy. She's a 17-year-old German girl, and in 1927, she was traveling from her home to Heidelberg by train. As she rode towards her destination, she found herself sharing a seat with a man who claimed to be a doctor by the name of Bergen. They rode together for 40 minutes, after which the train stopped to get supplies. Dr. Bergen asked the young Miss E if she would like to have a cup of coffee with him. He gently grabbed her hand and looked directly into her (laughs) eyes. This is when everything changed for (laughs) Miss E. She went into convulsions and then woke up like three days later (laughs) with a bloody knife in her hand. That's That's the story, isn't it? That's just like straight up blacking out. (laughs) That's not hypnosis. Why not? What? How do you know? You've never been hypnotized into a murder crime before? Not into a crime, no, but I was almost hypnotized the other day. It was scary. So he was trying to pick her up, right? In any other time, this would be like trying... Trying to hit on her. Let's do lunch. Will you have have a cup of coffee with me? You're really pretty. You won't? Well, just oh, to hypnotize well, you. That's why you asked for a coffee, because it's, you know, oh, I wasn't asking you out on a date or anything. It was just, just a cup of coffee. It's like man. less of a commitment. Well, it, it's a it's that, like, kind of nervous dude, like, avoiding getting shot down. Is it less painful move. to get shot down for coffee than it is for a whole meal? Yeah. Be- it, well, yeah, because you're not, you're you're leaving this amount of doubt open, you know, where you you're pretending like, well, I'm I'm just I, I just, was just on my way to get it. Yeah, so. I mean, you just it's not a commitment. I'm not asking you out on a date. It's just coffee. Yeah, but those are called coffee dates. <laughs> you yeah. know what I think? Yeah, I but think, it's like then you, I think that you haven't dated in a long time. <laughs> I, I never asked anyone out to coffee. It's a waste of time. Right, you never ask. You me just out ask to them out on a date. Yeah. If they say no, you go, oh, that sucks. You just asked me if I wanted to go fishing. That's way more of a commitment than coffee. It works. Yeah. You caught me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Here, bite down on this hook. <laughs> Not unless you hypnotize I me first. I put some peanut butter on it. <laughs> I mean, get the fuck away from me. I put me. some cheddar cheese on it. She's a carp, everyone. Ooh, I do like cheese. <laughs> that I would bite on that, yes. <laughs> Or a cookie. You put a cookie on there. I'm in. I'm just saying that's a very plausible kind of thing that a guy would do. Sure. Yeah, it is. With it, some stranger girl except, that he, he likes. Except for the part where he grabs her hand and stares into her eyes after they've only known each other for 40 minutes. Well, is this her account or? We don't know. No. Uh, I imagine that a lot of people have similar stories like that where some weirdo like <laughs> grabs their hands and stares <laughs> Would you like some coffee with me? You think they end up with a black eye after that? Yeah. Yeah. Those are called creeps. I'm assuming she accepts the coffee date because she's now been hypnotized. Oh. But for the next three years, Dr. Bergen used, used his hypnotic... Three years? Uh-huh. Used his hypnotic influence to coerce her to perform sexual favors for him and his friends. Okay, well, this is exactly where I thought this was going. He was also able to influence her into handing over cash when he needed it. So she was like, where was she getting the cash? she rich? I don't know. Wasn't she a lot younger than him? Yeah, she was 17. 
Okay, so where is she getting this money? I don't know. She's probably rich. He probably well, if he was hypnotizing her into doing sexual favors for his friends, they were probably paying him or paying her, and then he was taking I mean, all her money. I'm not sure if you've ever seen Jerry Springer or not, but uh, yeah, those guys <laughs> that had those young girls doing all these exact same things they're called pimps they they weren't hip <laughs> they weren't hypnotists they were hypno pimps but yet they were still doing this stuff <laughs> i think i just created something new hypno pimp a hypno pimp but like good. okay so this doctor guy didn't hypnotize her he just coerced her he's just yeah. taking advantage of her right it seems that way and now you know why she's only referred to as miss e so but he did this to her for 3 years yeah, um, that's normally how abuse works. Okay. It lasts a long time. Luckily, Miss E ended up meeting a man and marrying him. Dr. Bergen was fortunately not able to have the same hypnotic hold over her husband. After four years of marriage, Miss E's husband, who happened to be an official in Heidelberg, noticed that money had been repeatedly coming up missing and alerted the authorities. They took a look and ultimately opened an investigation. The good doctor, still four years into their marriage, is still hypnotizing her into giving him money. Hypnotizing her? Yeah, yeah, we're going to go with hypnotizing. With his ding dong? I mean, I think that's what this is. But is she paying him for sexual favors? It's just one of those things. It's like the the oldest story, you know, another old story that's still going on today. Yeah, you know, your fa- one of your favorite things to do. I know, it's that's during the oldest these story. Is harken back <laughs> to well, the days it's just, of this old. Is, this is human nature at yeah. work. But for four years into the marriage, he was still doing yeah. this. But I mean, blaming it on hypnotism, it's like. Half of us probably know someone that kind of had something like this happen in their life. Probably. I mean, that's and no hypno- sad to no say. no hypnotism needed. Right. It's unfortunate. But you know? yeah, it happens. Like, And that's the thing. That's what makes me think that this girl is just really young and impressionable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But even after being married to her husband for four years, oh, how, yeah. how did it take him four years to recognize that something was up? Because you don't know the whole story. Like, he just had no idea that any of this was... Not until his money started going missing. Or something else happened. Yeah, we That's don't know. the thing. We don't know. So, uh, at this point, Dr. Bergen realizes uh, what is happening and was not about to lose his personal cash ATM <laughs> uh, that he had spent the last seven years grooming. So he decides that Miss E's husband must be eliminated and would use the young lady to commit the murderous deed. Nice. He has Miss E try at least six times to kill her husband. Each time was a failure. He had her loosen his brakes on his motorbike, which crashed but wasn't fatal. He made her poison him, but he merely became sick and survived. He had her attempt to shoot him, but luckily for her husband, the gun was not loaded. After many failed attempts, Dr. Bergen reasoned that if he could not do away with her husband to stop the investigation, he would have to do away with Miss E to keep her from outing him. He made several attempts to influence her to take her own life. 
These attempts were also unsuccessful, mostly due to her husband's watchful eye and love for his wife. That's like a tragic story. It's crazy. There's a couple of ways this could go. They could have been a con pair grooming her, took her. She really was just in love with him forever. And they were siphoning money out of the husband. They were just conning this guy. Yeah. And they got caught. That's a good point. I did not think of that. But then why would he try to get her to kill herself? Because he's a piece of crap and things weren't working out. And he figured he could just get her to kill herself. And then you think he just wanted to sever ties with this whole situation and move on to another different partners in crime. You know, they're partners until they're not just do them part (laughs) until like, well, you know, this partnership isn't working out so well. If you just kill yourself, then it'll be good for all of us. Well, I think mostly the reason was is that the husband had gotten an investigation started and the doctor did not want to be. I guess my point is is she could have just been his tool ever since he met her. And as all narcissists work, once the tool is no longer useful, it can be discarded. Right. So um, the police ended up uncovering that Dr. Bergen was not a doctor. But was, in fact, a man named Walker. Oh, a con man? And he what? was, in reality, a con man. What? <laughs> How did I predict that? I mean, we all know that you, you're you good at mind reading <laughs> and time travel. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, I just, so. what I do is I go to the future and listen to the episode after it's done. Oh, you do? And that's how I know what's going to happen. Hmm. Well, I'm going to quit writing them that. I'm going to keep them all in my brain. It won't matter. I'll just go to the future. No matter what you publish, I listen to it, and then I know what's going to happen. It suddenly became much less fun. Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, he was a con man. Uh, Surprise. Uh Uh-huh. After all of this came to light, Miss E ended up seeing a professional hypnotist to aid in the recovery of her memory. See, that's where this gets a little dodgy. (laughs) A little dicey, yeah. In doing so, they found that her memory loss coincided with the touch of Dr. Bergen's hand. Each time... She would be involved in criminal behavior and many other behaviors that were uncharacteristic of her normal daily self. Except they weren't. I mean, we don't know this person, so... I know for a fact that she was characteristically committing criminal behavior constantly for seven years. Yes, but only when he touched her. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You got me. (laughs) hypnosis for sure yeah yeah (laughs) it's not that she wasn't doing anything she wouldn't normally do you know i would never lie to you (laughs) (laughs) i bet she would never lie either um dr bergen was arrested and sent to trial after his years of cons came to light i'll bet he had a lot of enemies not just this one guy he i'll bet he had a pile he probably did He was sentenced to 12 years of hard labor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that is the end of our story. That's awesome. I love that story. You like that one? Good. That's a good old-fashioned con man story. I like that. Yeah. You seem to really like con men, which is making me start wondering if I'm being conned constantly. You know, it's weird. Every time you touch me, I do the dishes. (laughs) It's really? strange. I haven't noticed that. (laughs) liar no it's the laundry but <laughs> i haven't noticed that you either. have not hypnotized me into doing the laundry yet 
<laughs> Do you have anything else to say about the story itself about Dr. Bergen? Or I feel like it's a reverse con. That was her con she used on him to get him punished and get away with it. What, failing to kill her husband so many times? Saying, oh, he hypnotized me into being a criminal. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that was her way of just getting him convicted so she could take all his loot and move on right. with her conning. They're they're both cons. You think they're both cons? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you may not start out as a con, but if you're doing cons for almost a decade, so you you're think, a con now. So you think that seven years previously over that cup of coffee that they decided to enter into a partnership. I wouldn't say they decided it right then and there, but I'm sure it evolved into it. I think that there was definitely some kind of grooming happening. Oh, for sure. I mean, I wish I could find a picture of this guy. I mean, if he was like at least handsome or something, I could see a 17-year-old maybe kind of, sure, you know, following his lead. But I unfortunately have no pictures of either of these people. I don't even have full names yeah. of either of these people. <laughs> so, But I guess after doing all those things that you wouldn't normally do, I guess I would not want my name to be in the paper no. along with this story. It is rather embarrassing. But it's a great excuse, isn't it? Yeah, it is a good I was excuse. hypnotized by somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that in my commit, daily life. To commit multitudes of white-collar crimes. Esther. Why'd you eat those cookies? <laughs> but I don't know. I was hypnotized. <laughs> I looked right into them, and either before I knew it, they were gone. Cookies are self-hypnotizing. Like, you look at them, and you're hypnotized. Yeah. I'm hypnotized right now just thinking about cookies. Mm-hmm. We should stop this recording and it's get some cookies. It's their animal magnetism. It's their chocolate chip magnetism. <laughs> All right. I have just a few more questions for you. Hypnosis and brainwashing, are they the same thing? What do you think? Yeah. You do? Yeah. I think they're different. Why? They both have a level of persuasion involved, Uh but I think that brainwashing is actually a more forceful thing. Uh, You could threaten somebody to brainwash them. You could threaten their family to brainwash them. I think that hypnosis or the way hypnosis is described is more of a you have to be willing to be hypnotized situation so i have the perfect example to split this right down the middle and perplex you stockholm syndrome splits your question right down the middle is stockholm syndrome hypnotism or brainwashing or what is it i actually don't see it as hypnotism Uh, i would consider it more of a brainwashing but i also feel like it is it is brainwashing because your captor makes you in a way feel bad for them so that you want to help them but i do think that that isn't necessarily always true doing what you need to do in the circumstance to get out of the circumstance alive whether that be pretending to sympathize with your captor so now you're just describing coercion i'm describing doing what you have to do to escape and if that is pretend, like you sympathize with this person, I just don't think that Stockholm... Yeah, but you're not pretending. Once you get out, you're still stuck in that. That's what Stockholm Syndrome is. I guess. Maybe in the circumstance, you think that you're just playing along. Well, you're pretending for live. a while, and then right. eventually, right. you're not and pretending anymore. So maybe after a while, then it becomes being brainwashed. So now we're right back to persuasion. But I don't think it's hypnosis. 
hypnosis is a similar thing. They're all forms it's of persuasion. Similar, but they're not of the degrees. same. Brainwashing, I still think, is under threat of harm. I mean, if you can get someone to repeat something over and over and over again, eventually they'll believe it. And the only reason Hence, I that's would, what advertising is. And the only reason I would p- repeat something over and over and over again is if you were threatening me that if I didn't, then you I'd be maybe. Hurt. But there are many, many, many people in this world that repeat things without really a conscious belief that they'll be murdered or something if they don't do it. Peer pressure, just that alone is enough to get people to say what they're supposed to say over and over and over just again. The, yeah, just the idea that they yeah. might be shunned if they don't. Uh, or, but that's still something that you are threatening them with. Okay. Yeah. But Just say I'm right. No. (laughs) You could go down levels where it's not some kind of threat, but it's still part of the thing. It's just what we do. Right. You know, it's just a thing. But if you don't do it with us, we'll kick you out. Yeah, but if you grow up as a kid doing that, you never think like, oh, I'll be kicked out. You just do it. Now you're programmed. Have you been brainwashed or have you been hypnotized? Yeah, but I also think that a lot of this, and especially this story in particular, I think a lot of this has to do with her age. I, I think oh, the yeah. younger you are, the easier it is to persuade you, obviously, because well, you have less experience. And in how life. susceptible are you? Right. Maybe she came from some screwed up, abusive family, and she yeah. never had anyone that cared about her at all in any way. And then all of a sudden, you got this creep paying you all sorts of nice attention and buying you candy Asking you and to coffee, getting you coffee <laughs> with lots of sugar and cream, cookies, cookies. It's the cookies that did it. Money, clothes. Yeah, who knows? But right? he was taking money from her. So uh, that she was getting from somewhere else. Yeah. She was swindling off of someone yes. else. Yeah, I mean that's possible, but I do think that age has a factor. Well sure. And how successful the brainwashing is. Age has a factor in how gullible a person is. Yes. I see where you're going. <laughs> I think she proved that her gullibility went to zero after she got this man sentenced to hard labor for 12 years and got off scot-free by herself. Right. That is true. Still married to her husband. Yeah. Yeah. And got another hypnotist to corroborate what had happened. (laughs) Pretty clever. Yeah, that is clever. She was a smart one. Yeah. Uh, So it is the claim of many modern hypnotists that you cannot hypnotize someone that is unwilling. Or into doing an action that is against one's core belief system. Advertising is a perfect example of backing this up. I completely believe this claim. I just don't have never seen any evidence of... That you can't hypnotize someone. Someone to do something they wouldn't normally do. Right. It's like you can't even get people to do anything. You can't even get people to do something that they do when you want them to do it. To go to the other extreme where you would like get someone to commit some crime... You know, kick your dog. I'm going to get you to kick your dog. <gasps> like, could I ever get you to do that? That's not kick like, dogs. Like, no matter what, I could never persuade you, like... No. You're going to kick your dog. No. You can't do it. No, I love yeah. my little buddy. Yeah. And that's not even in the scheme of things of, like, murder and mayhem and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's not even that bad of a thing. Dog kicking is right up there. It is bad. It's bad. But it's not, like, killing people. Uh... Yeah. Have you ever watched John Wick? I have. Yeah. All three of them. He kills 7,000 people because, because someone dog. killed his dog. Yeah. It's a legit thing. Now, John Wick can be hypnotized into killing people. I think he probably already was. That's why he 
buried weapons under concrete in his basement. <laughs> I don't think he was hypnotized. Yeah, he was compelled to <laughs> do it. <laughs> but I mean, imagine if hypnosis actually worked to do that kind of stuff. There's like so much money spent on advertising. And if it really worked well, the market capital size of, of marketing would be much, much smaller because you wouldn't need to spend that much to get your thing bought. Right. Like if advertising worked really well, everyone would be wearing L'Oreal lipstick. And only one shade. Not only on their lips, but around their <laughs> eyeballs, down their chin, underneath their neck, down their arms, like anywhere you could fit it. Be filling You'd in be, your bald spot yeah, with it. Yeah, it would be all over your fridge. Every marketing genius would be like, hmm, how can we get them to use more lipstick? Yeah. Let's figure this out. More lipstick. Yeah, there'd be <laughs> lipstick on everything. Well, yeah, and right? that is something that we probably will do more ep- episodes on hypnosis just because there are so many avenues to hypnosis. Yeah. And subliminal marketing is one that I want to check out. But that's another one that doesn't even work at all. I don't know. I don't, I don't think we'll it does. Have to or dig does in, it? We'll have to dig into that and see. Ooh. To be continued. That's the real reason that you like cookies. Because of subliminal Nabisco tricks. Well. They play on you. Those don't really work on me. Yeah. They, because they can't work on me. They make me want cookies, but I can't have gluten. So There's gluten-free Oreos. Well, Oreos, but I'm- Isn't that made by Nabisco? I think Nabisco makes all cookies. <laughs> well, that's the only one I've seen, though. So when I see an advertisement for, you know, a soft baked chocolate chip cookie, I don't go buy a Nabisco one. I go buy some random expensive gluten-free mix, and that person benefits, not Nabisco. So they better, if you can hear me, Nabisco, get your gluten-free game together because <laughs> all I see is Oreos. Which thank are you are really good. Which Those thank you for. Gluten free Oreos de- are really they're good. delicious. They, they taste, taste just like real Oreos. They taste no different. They taste no yeah. different. If you have a gluten allergy, I don't know how we got here. Yeah. Well, I've been hypnotized by cookies. Yes. That's how we got here. Yes. But go try them. They're delicious. I feel like we said the word cookie a lot. Cookie. 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 Is anyone else hypnotized to go eat cookies? Cookie. Yet? If we say cookie enough, how many of our listeners do you think will go get cookies? Some of our listeners are eating cookies right now. <gasps> They might be. And they're probably thinking, how did they know? How'd they trick me into eating these cookies? This is the weirdest thing that's happened to me today. <laughs> Subliminal marketing. Cookie. Subliminal cookie marketing. Eat the Oreo. Eat the Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so the other thing that I want to talk about, just I want to touch on it briefly, is there is another kind of um, hypnosis. It's charismatic hypnosis or conversational hypnosis. How is that different than... Conversational hypnosis is different than hypnosis. And I think that Charles Manson actually falls under this category. Um, I don't know that he was... Car salesman as well. Yes. And it's like that. It's like you're having a conversation and there are key words that are said or more. It's not like you are telling someone and letting someone know, hey, I'm going to do this thing to you and you're willing and you're like, oh, I want to participate. It's more of a tone of voice and a way of speaking. And before you know it, you're, you know, but it's, it's in an everyday conversation kind of way. 
So that persuasion, yeah, but a little more extreme than I would say. Charles Manson, like I said, falls under this because he did a little bit more than just simply persuade some people to live out in the desert with him. The modern term you're looking for is neurolinguistic programming. The pickup artists, you know, those guys that used to ask girls out to coffee instead of dinner because they were afraid. Okay. Then they learn all we're this neurolinguistic programming and they the pickup artistry and all that. And now all of a sudden, they know how to ask you out for dinner in just the right way to where you can't say no. Are these the guys that created the uh, You're So Hot lines? That's probably not. No, I don't think so. It sounds like it. No. These guys sound like losers. No, those are the guys that are using those lines and they're not working. And yeah. And they get frustrated. Yeah. And then they go to the snake oil salesman of neuro-linguistic programming and <laughs> the pickup artists and all that. Not that those things don't work at all. They do work a little bit. What, the You're So Hotlines? No. Oh. <laughs> those those don't work. <laughs> There's no world in which those work. <laughs> the pickup artist hacks and neuro-linguistic programming hacks, it does not work as a field of knowledge. It just, it has heuristic approaches that work in certain situations. Okay. And it's like a mishmash of those. So if people start reading this stuff and they think there's like a theory behind it, and it's not. It's just little things that work. Right. Like sales tactics. Right. right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's more of a conversational thing than a like, hey, come to my office. You want hypnotized or get on stage. I'm going to hypnotize yeah. you. So when right. you're like trying to get me to do something for you, yes. when I'm sitting on the couch and you know I don't want to do anything, what are you doing? Uh, I am offering you something you would enjoy in return for oh, so doing no pressure. the chore that I yes, need. Yes, so it's no pressure do. or anything. I got a tray full of cookies. You're just doing what you just said. You're. I don't. It's not conversational though. It's it's it, food related. Yeah, it's one what way. can we call that? It, what you? This is like a weird <laughs> distinction. It's just <laughs> called conversation. I mean, it's, what's the point of communicating with people if not to? You know, see, I don't consider persuade and I don't talk consider and, that conversational hypnosis. I consider that like a bartering system. That's all the where same I shit. give you a cookie and you do the handyman things. It's all the same shit. No, I yeah. I feel like that's just trade. Like we're just trading. It's not hypnosis. I'm not so hypnosis. Like this hypnosis is like me getting you to do something for me and not getting anything from me in return. Yes. So it's robbery. Trickery. Yes. yes. Trickery doesn't work. Where's my cookie, you motherfucker? <laughs> and trickery doesn't work at all in any long-term relationships of any kind. Friendships, etc. They're all based on mutual give and take. Right. Right? That's what I'm saying. Hypnosis yeah. is not that. It is just controlling or persuading somebody to do something you want and they get nothing in return. So you're just describing malignant narcissism. Yes. It's basically like... This belief that if you use the right combination of words, you can get people to do things. You could manipulate them, right? Right. Well, it doesn't actually work. Well, it does. It works sometimes. Yeah. But not constantly and not all the time. No. It like, you can't turn... No. I can't I... turn you into a robot by using the right sequence of words and then just controlling you for your whole life from you then on. You don't know that. I mean, you I don't... definitely know that. Well, have you tried all the combinations I have. of words? They don't work. You have. Yes. That's frightening. <laughs> That's really weird. You never do exactly You don't even do what I want you to do at all. No. You just do what you want to do. Yes. So it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we came to an agreement. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my lord. All right, so here are a few final thoughts, and you can chime in with any thoughts that you may have. <laughs> if you can't hypnotize someone against their will and their core beliefs, is it possible to change their core beliefs with hypnotism? I mean, isn't that what therapy is? I guess. I don't know. I feel like you. everyone is instilled with core beliefs. I believe that kicking dogs is really really bad you're also unfortunately imbued with core beliefs that are very bad for you and everyone else's too sure and when you change them it can change your life very positively sometimes sometimes you change the good ones into bad ones and then that ruins your life can you hypnotize them to change those core beliefs if it is unlikely that you could hypnotize them against the core beliefs in the first place could you actually change their core beliefs This is sort of a sleight of hand question in that we're presuming that that's the way our minds work, that there's some set of rules in there and we follow them. Rule A violated. Stop what you're doing. My brain is very organized. That's not how we work at all. That's how I work. Actually, it's a common belief that that's the way we work. So the core beliefs that you think you have, and then there's the ones that you really have, and they're not the same set of things. Hmm. That's kind of why it's so murky and complicated. you don't like my question. I think there are cases where what you asked is absolutely possible. Okay. But there's also many more that aren't. Where it's not. Yeah. Okay. No, I like that answer. Do you think that in this case, it is believable that Miss E could have been controlled for seven years, even after getting married? No, not possible at all. Okay. She was totally a con artist. <laughs> she was in on the yeah. scam. <laughs> Turned out she was smarter than the guy that was her. She, appre- was, she was the apprentice of the guy. Smarter than the she, average con artist. She outmastered the master <laughs> like, and proved it with a big old exclamation point at yeah. the end. A big hammer and a lot of rocks. That's right. He had a lot of hard labor. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so she did try to kill herself and her husband and also participated in other unsavory acts. If these were not part of her core beliefs or values, why was she capable of doing them under the supposed hypnosis? Because she were cray-cray. <laughs> Is that your final thought? Yeah, she clearly was mentally troubled. Okay. Well, or just young and yeah. had wanted to make some money. And I, I like the idea that they were in this together. They and definitely when were. she got married... He allowed her to marry this guy yeah. and hornswoggle them. Yeah. I mean, back then, you know, he's a, a town official or a, he was part of the bureaucratic class or... Uh, yeah, because it did it was, say that he was yeah. a, an official. Yeah. That meant a lot more. They had a lot more power sure. and money usually too. Sure. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I like that. I like where that ends. Yeah. I think it's So a there's theory. a lot of reason to go for that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I'm down for that. Uh, So what I've taken from this is that there are bad people in the world, and if they (laughs) happen to be skilled at influencing others, they certainly could cause other people to commit crimes. And they do. Yes. However, I don't think that hypnosis itself is dangerous, kind of like guns and any other weapon. On its own, it isn't deadly. But wielded by someone with bad intentions, it can become deadly. Cars are very dangerous. Right, but only when someone's behind the wheel of mm-hmm. them. And as we know, over time, we've heard of stories of cars being used to 
as hurt weapons. and kill many, many, many people. Right, right. So I yeah. think hypnosis is kind of like that. I yeah. think it's it's a vehicle that you could use. It's an excuse in a bad way. Yeah, but it generally is not used in that way. Yeah. I don't think so. That's kind of how I feel about hypnosis right now. Yeah, I feel like if hypnosis worked, that's what school would be. Yeah, like they would just hypnotize everyone into behaving like the yeah. little the little robots that they want them to be. I think if hip- hypnosis was proven, if one was capable of using it in an appropriate and a responsible responsible manner, way, yeah, right, that it could be used for something like that and might make, if it worked, it should be used in a way like that, right, and could be used to make someone's life easier. Yeah, and yet it's not. No, nope. which probably means it doesn't work. No, nope. we just need to throw them all in the Montauk chair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what needs to happen. This is a weird episode. We got a lot. We got some weird stuff going on in this one. Oh, my favorite part is cookies. Cook. I I like cookies too. I feel like we just talked about cookies this whole thing. Yeah. On that note, what the hell happened? <laughs> Who knows? Cookies happen. Let's get some cookies. All right. Want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Goodbye. Do you have a story that's weird or fascinating? Would you like to have your story read at the end of an episode? If so, please send your story to wthh.podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your stories. If you'd like more episodes and bonus content, join Patreon to become a member. If you liked our episode, please remember to like, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.